What up, hockey world? Um, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the hockey that was like the whitest thing that you could do. I know. I know. Today oh, I'm wearing the Quebec Nordiques jersey with Joe Sackick. Um, Joe Sackick's number 88, which he wore the first, which is the jersey he wore the first year. Why? Why you ask? I'm glad you did. Um, this is the story. There's lots of different versions of this story, but the basic, the, what I've been told more than anything else is this. So basically Joe Sackick come, you know, gets, gets, it is a rookie and he, his rookie year, Elaine Cote, is number 19 on the Quebec Nordiques, and that's the number he wanted. Mm -hmm. But knowing full well that the following year, a Mr. certain Mr. Lindros number 88 could be drafted, he decided that he would take number 88 until, you know, Cote left, and then uh, and also kind of was like a little subtle F view to uh, Lindros. So that was the well, That plus he probably wanted to get a Rolex out of it for, if Lindros would go. Right, or something like that, but that was his deal. So. But then it never worked out. Never worked out. Russ, you got something to say. I'm sorry. Mike. Apparently, Mike does. Go ahead, Mike. You, you first. Well, no, it's just a, just a little thing. When someone's name on Twitter is trending, I always get scared. Yeah. And this morning, I check it, and Phil Collins' name is trending on Twitter. As and is it, Betty White. Right. Well, I don't know about Betty White, but I'm just saying Phil, Phil Collins was trending, and I'm like, okay, it's not his birthday. Although, I don't know when his birthday is, but I, don't, I didn't think it was his birthday. Right. And then I looked – and it was actually pretty funny. And the, 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 there's been a trend of these lately. You go onto YouTube and you see like a couple kids listening to music that we consider from our youth or from our 20s. Yeah. And they're just hearing it for the first time. Yeah. And on Twitter, apparently a couple kids were listening to In the Air Tonight and just sort of gro you know, grooving to it and you know, really getting into it. And then all of a sudden, the dun, 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 you know, yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. You know, I, I don't know if, if it's really for real or if these kids actually never heard in the air tonight. No, I don't but, think they ever heard it. But that's the reason why that's the reason why it was trending. Yeah. Yeah. The drums really got them. That's what it was. So hey, yeah. that was cool. All right. So the NFL gave their players until yesterday at around five o'clock to opt out, which, again, the NFL is the worst because. They already can cut you yeah, without they can paying cut you. you for the most part, unless you're a big star and you got your money up front. So they already have you that way. But the NFL gave everybody till four o'clock yesterday, and 66 players opted out. Now that's a lot. Oh, really? The New England Patriots had the most with eight. And what's funny is we all look at Bill Belichick as the best coach because there's no question he is. But also, if you've got to deal with all these other factors and then Bill Belichick, yeah. I would opt out too. <laughs> and, and it was funny, Russ, because yesterday there was a lot of rumors based on statements that Tredavious White had made the previous day that he was going to opt out, and a lot of and and I don't know how that they were all Bills fans or just idiots on on social media, but a lot of uh, fans out there were criticizing Tredavious White, and he responded like, "Excuse me, I if I'm opting out, it would be because of my family." Go. Yeah, I saw that. I agree with him. And, and luck, luckily, you know, for the for the Bills, he decided. He was going to continue continue on and play, but you know, I, I mean, I don't blame these players that they did uh, decide to opt out based on their particular family situation. Why only, only three teams didn't have an opt out? Well, they will we'll get teams to cut you. That 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 is a lot of players, but you know, you're also dealing with more players. Um, oh, sure. In football, like you know, on the Lions, the three guys that opted out, <laughs> guys that none of you have ever heard of. 
Yeah, um, right. They're all taxi squad guys. So I mean, I mean I, KT I, lost two starters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the point is still the same. I'm just saying that. Oh yeah. The the, the big number is reflects the fact that you know they have 80 people under contract or yeah. uh, you know and yeah. the taxi squad guys. All right, let's get on here. Let's get get on. We got so much crazy stuff to talk about as we about enter what might be the most fun <laughs> day in hockey we've seen in a long time. We're just going to let Mike go for 30 minutes straight, and then we'll all weigh in. Yeah, we can do that. Maybe we'll just, uh, doing it. You guys have anything else to do? Um, we, we, need to, we need to start. With, I have a major announcement, though. Okay, we're major, there. major. Major. So, all right. We'll start here we there. go. Ready? We, we will start. We'll go right to you. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, August 7th. 2020. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Jan Levine, and looking forward to Michael Agello's rant. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I'm Kevin Allen, and I'm also looking forward to Mike's rant, and I have a major announcement. Having watched the Toronto Maple Leafs last night yeah. hold that lead, and then afterward getting a uh, few emails from people about who is going to get Lafreniere in the draft. I'm hereby announcing that I am totally on board with Mike believing that the Maple Leafs will never win a big game. So, <laughs> never, ever, ever again. I will never, ever, ever believe in the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm totally aboard with Mike on this. Totally, uh, totally aboard. And uh, like my friend Eklund, I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist and join okay. to believe that either the Edmonton Oilers or the Pittsburgh Penguins or perhaps even the Toronto Maple Leafs will get Lafreniere. So that is there my could, There could be a 33% chance of that happening, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So I'm, I'm, I've never been a conspiracy theorist in my life, but I am now I'm on board with my friend Eklund. And August 10th, we'll know. Mike has been right all these years, and I have been wrong. You know, there you go. It's, it's, they just can't do it. They just cannot. I've win. Got to make Mike feel good on one level. So I, I, yeah, no, I did. I last night tweeted out in the middle when when they went down three nothing that this is exactly where the Blue Jackets Jackets won one of them that the Blue Jackets had a history in the playoffs. They won right, a couple right. years ago against the Penguins. They have fell down three nothing in a bunch of games last year against Tampa in game one. They fell down three nothing. I was waiting. I was waiting for the text from you congratulating me. I did not want to congratulate you because <laughs> I did not want to be responsible. For, for this time saying, you know, for this time things going awry. Um, but I, I was, you know, I was so confident, though, that this was going to happen that I even went outside and played pickleball against my wife for an hour, came back in to uh, to see, you know, the ending of the game. That's um, pretty confident. I mean, just an amazing thing. And, you know, and they get Elvis going, too. Elvis comes in and does has the, does a good job. I don't know. I'm Mike. What kind good, of what job did Freddie Anderson do, uh, Eck? Yeah, yeah. What no, what job did he do? I thought Anderson looked pretty good most. Uh, no, you know what? Not, I, I, I don't care. I, you can have opinion, the, biggest play, the biggest play that entire game was Tyson Barry's penalty. That changed the entire momentum of that. Obviously, Elvis getting replaced. Barry's penalty just opened the floodgates. Ross, yeah, done right. with Anderson. He can never make the big save. Uh, Mike, no, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Have, I'm have sorry. time. That's fine. I'm sorry. I, like, I mean, I, I understand. I, for you. Ross, I understand your, your, the narrative on Anderson, but this game was not on Anderson. It really wasn't. Are any of the games on Anderson? He doesn't win. Yeah, yes. I mean, <laughs> games, game, game seven against Boston two years ago, he yeah. was terrible. 
I mean, the, the, there, yeah. are, there are there are there are times where Anderson is responsible, but when you give up forty three shots on goal to a team that doesn't have really a good offense, I mean, they're a fantastic defense. Yeah club then it's it's on the players in front of them and even Sheldon Keefe after the game came out and said I didn't like the way we played when we were up one nothing two nothing or three nothing he completely trashed the entire game the way they played now I'm sure if they had won the game five one he wouldn't be coming out and saying that he'd just take the victory and walk forward from there but Nobody in their right mind, even when they're up 3 nothing, felt comfortable with the Maple Leafs winning that game because anybody who's watched that team all year knows that they're not capable of holding a lead. They have collective attention deficit disorder. They, <laughs> when, you're, when you're up 3 nothing in a playoff game against a team that has, that has scoring issues – I'm not saying you, you know, to use a stratomatic term. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't go in and play a one-zero. Yeah, you don't. You don't go in and play shit, you know. But if yeah. you're capable of playing competent defensively, <laughs> you just play competent defensively. Keep them to the outside. Let your goaltender make the saves and and win the game. What did the Leafs do? The Leafs continue to play. Uh, what I thought was sort of irresponsible defensive hockey. Uh, I mean, the goal, the goal that uh, that Dubois scored, uh, the yeah, goal, the goal that Dubois scored was a two-on-one break, a two-on-one in ten minutes left to go in the third period. There's no way you should be pinching in at the blue line and not having a not having a forward who, by the way, was Casper Kapanen, didn't come back and cover, and right. then. In overtime, I understand overtime, the rules are thrown out. But when, you know, Morgan Riley is deep in the zone and Tyson Berry, instead of, you know, throwing around the boards and keeping the puck in the zone, he throws it into Tavares, who is covered. Tavares loses the the puck on a great play by Texier. And then Dubois goes the other way. And Berry covers the wrong guy and lets Dubois go in and a breakaway. It this is not this is not on Anderson. It's on this entire team because they do not know and they have never known how to play defense or hold on to a lead and it, it could end up destroying their chances in this But his game. entire time there he has a losing record in the playoffs. Period. Like he just does. I'm not yeah. disputing that, but it's not all on him. Yeah, I'm not like saying it's all him. There aren't that many goalies that many playoff rounds in a row and continue. That's yeah, I mean, that's all I'm that's saying. Bottom line, no matter how well he plays, you right? You sometimes yeah. have to make a change, and if they don't have a lot of options to make, I think you have to look at Freddie Anderson and say, we can't. We haven't been able to get anywhere with Freddie Anderson. Kevin, I, I mean, this is this is where I'm look what I'm looking at here. I mean, it, it, oh, okay. oh, he bailed on you. <laughs> okay, when he comes back. No, I mean, okay. Some th- and we're we're doing the we're doing the post mortem right now and and the thing is is that yeah. the series is not over not over but, but 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 more more than likely either tonight or on Sunday the Leafs are going to find a way to lose if they don't I'm sure everybody in Toronto is going to be happy but when they, when they lose because based on what's been going on the last few years inevitably they will the what, what what's going to happen is who is chiefly responsible and to say that anderson is chiefly responsible is just not right it's not it's this is this is a this is a team that is flawed yeah. i mean you have to you, you would have to blame dubis in part because he's assembled this team you'd have to blame uh the you know the the, the players that especially the core group who i mean i thought matthews was fantastic last night matthews was fantastic uh, but 
you know, other than the goal, the power play goal, which I could have put in, William Nylander has been, you know, virtually invisible in three games. Uh, you know, Mitch Marner is not played okay. Is played no, about okay. not played well at all. Yeah, but he, I mean, he for let's just say this for the amount of money that he's making, you expect more results. He's for been the talent level he has. I mean, he's 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 just not doing. I mean, he's way too talented to play this way. You know, like he has to he has to step it up. I mean. That, I mean, they and then they did the weird thing. Now, now you know, you watch more Leafs games than I do, but I always thought that Marner played with Tavares, and yes, uh, usually, yeah. and and Matthews plays with Nylander. Yes. Uh, why? They, why was that changed around last night? Like, why not? Well, it was changed. In, it was changed in game two after they were ineffective in game one. They flip. Okay. They flip flop Marner and uh, yeah. Nylander, and it worked because Tavares had a big game in game two, right. and, so, and so did Matthews. Um, but for for more for most of the season, Nylander played with Tavares. Yeah, uh, I would say it was about fifty percent. They, they they sort of split it down the they middle. They do good to draw. Okay, all right. Yeah, so so they, they both tandem, and I think just because they were not good in game one, they yeah. decided to flip things around in game two. Yeah, but like, but here, here's an example, Mike, and I know you're going to tell me the team was better, whatever. But Felix Potvin had five career playoff shutouts for the Leafs. Mm -hmm. Freddie Anderson has one. Yeah, and that one. was and that was that was Tuesday. Like, one. Yeah, one. Like yeah. you need more out of this guy. I'm not saying Russ, he is a Russ. big component in this whole soup. Russ, when you when you when you when you when you're that's I mean is Dubis in trouble? When when you're when Russ, when you're playing a playing in front of a defense that is challenged. That it's impossible to get shutouts. Now, Kevin, I, what I was going to say is we're we're doing a post mortem right now when the when the when the, when the team isn't dead yet. But like I said, I expect them either tonight or Thursday to lose. And if they do, then I think Kyle Dubas has to has to reconsider the structure of this team because again, he's got forty million dollars invested in four forwards, and offense is not a problem, and creativity is not a problem, but. I think that's thrown down the toilet when you can't hold a lead. And they simply, over four years, with this core group, minus Tavares the first the, the first year, mm -hmm. or second, the first two years, they can't hold a lead. They never – and it's, I don't think it was – I don't think the loss yesterday was on Freddie Anderson. It's just this team can't play defense. Well, I agree with everything you said. I'm always going to agree with everything you say now on the <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of the worst uh, losses uh, that I can remember seeing. And, you know, it's funny, Milbury almost predicted it as well. And he kept saying, you know, Columbus would have to get four goals, um, in, you know, yeah. uh, in order to, to win this game. And, you know, he said it in such a way that I thought, I think he thinks this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, I, what was bothersome to me more than anything else is that we had witnessed in game two a sterling performance by yes. the Maple Leafs. Yeah. One of the better performances that they've done, uh, had in, in recent vintage. Yeah. Um, and it was a style of play that would have allowed them to um, be successful against uh, most of the teams in this, in this league. Um, you know, they played very, very well in that game. So to come off that performance and then revert to this, you know, number one. And number two is, you know, they weren't doing this against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. You know, great offense. This was a, a a team that struggles to create offense. And Dubois obviously has, uh, you know, took a step uh, this season in his development. 
Um, and, you know, obviously this game is going to do a lot for his com- confidence as well. But, you know, he's not Sidney Crosby. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, you know, he's not Connor McDavid. And, you know, the Maple Leafs, you know, they just laid as big an egg as you can lay in mm-hmm. professional sports yeah. uh, in this. And, um, and and it was everybody's fault. Um, yeah. You know, Anderson certainly, certainly could have been better. But defensively, you know, they weren't good enough. You know, even the stars, like, like you know, you got to keep pressing. They, they know what kind of team they are. So if they're up 3-0, they got to go get a, a build a 4-0 lead. You know, and they right. got yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, like to right. keep going. And I thought they, they took their foot off the throttle. So um, that, was, that was just such a distressing game from the uh, Toronto fan perspective. And, and I, I agree completely with you, Mike, that they really have to take stock about, um, you know, the, the makeup of this team. And, you know, it was already going to happen anyway, just because, you know, with the way that the pandemic is going to um, play havoc with everyone's salary caps, they were going to have to move, you know, somebody. Um, but now I think they've got even more reasons uh, to do that. They've got to basically get a defense that can play in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, these guys don't seem to be ready to do that. I mean, it's a completely different defensive style in the postseason and i haven't seen them sort of embrace that uh uh wow like that that was such an incredible game yeah well it was amazing. My, thing, my thinking is is this too it's like they're they have been in, unable to for some reason they want to get rid of every defenseman that's not a number one or number two defenseman on the scene like they they, they are unwilling to de- develop three four or five and six defensemen like the like you know and like to me like and i'm you know it's just it's astonishing that every year they just I mean, you know, Gardner had his issues, right? No question about it. Gardner made mistakes. Cody Cece has his issues too. But is Cody Cece not worth maybe considering keeping around? I would consider it. No. I mean, it's like everyone, like Mike says immediately, no. I know. Because because Ak, he's going to want to be paid at the level of a three four defenseman when he's a five six defenseman. But isn't he a three four defenseman? Maybe. I mean, he's not that old. No, I'm not. It's not age. It's no, but he's. I mean, I think he's a legitimate three-four defenseman. He's yeah. he's a he's a two no, on your team. Okay, I mean, he's a two on the least right now. He's, okay, I'll, I'll just use this as an example. He's making four and a half million dollars right yeah. now. Yeah, he's had what everybody can uh, considers a below-average year in a market where every mistake is exposed. If you think he's, you know, if if he's willing to take a one-year deal of two million dollars, and they might re-sign him, he's not going to do that. So he's worth a lot more than that, and, and well, he's well, worth more than not, that you guys. He's going to have to get that someplace other than Toronto because he didn't, he hasn't earned that in Toronto. But right. who but you know what Kevin's talking about is going to cost money unless yeah. you want guys like Michael Stone or somebody like that that say, no. "Yeah, I played in the playoffs." Who are you really going to get? Yeah, who Russell. are these guys? Who are these guys that are going to be way better than Cody Cece? Like, right. I, I mean, at least Cody Cece this the year. Placement value more. is going to cost you. Right, well, right, but but obviously the mix, the current mix, is not working. I mean, the, well, you're going to lose Barry, so the, the mix will right. be and, and 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 in that, see again, you know, to to look back and just you know, we won't belabor the point because again, we'll probably be talking about this on Monday when they eventually when they lose. Um, the fact that. They brought in, they traded Jake Gardner, or they let Jake Gardner walk in free agency, and they make the deal for Tyson Berry, who 
everyone at the time of the deal considered a right-handed Jake Gardner. Now, if, if, if you went into it realizing that he is an offenseman, he's not a shutdown defender, that he's a power play quarterback, yeah. that he's a puck rusher, you know, okay, you're accepting the – but the thing is, is that didn't fit what Mike, what Mike Babcock wanted, and it really didn't fit what what uh, what Sheldon Keefe wanted, and they and Keefe did a better job at making the best of a ba- of making lemonade out of lemons. Okay. So, but but the problem is, is that Tyson Berry was not the type of defenseman that the Leafs needed at the time. What they need is a guy like Alex Pedrangelo. Now, are they going to get him? Probably not. Of course, everybody needs Alex Pedrangelo. Right. What they, what they should have been looking at is a guy like Justin Braun. I mean, Braun, you know, like right. well, that's right. the kind of player they should be looking at. You know, um, Brendan Dillon. They're, I mean, is, you yeah. know. Now those guys are going to be hard to get. Now Braun will be out there, but you're going to spend the same money on Braun that you would CeCe. I would I would pay Braun over CeCe. I think Braun fits them better than CeCe does. But I don't even know if he'll be available. I'm just saying. More, well, more than more UFA. than. Braun's a UFA. He should be available. More than, more than likely, Russell. No, but I mean, he may. Stay where he is. Yeah, no, he might just resign there for well, sure. More, more than likely, what the Leafs are going to do, as you, as you know, is that they have a couple young defensemen who will be on their entry level contracts, and Sandine and Lilligren. They'll probably be in the mix. They'll resign Travis Dermott. Uh, and and it, but the thing is, I think that if you're talking about like the changes that they need to make in terms of change, change of of philosophy, you need a big defenseman to play on the top pairing, to play alongside Morgan Riley, who can, right. sh- who can shut down 18. Right. You know, and, and that's Petrangelo. And if you, if you hope to go and get him, then the only way to go out and get him is by trade, by clearing at least probably $8 million in cap space. And that is William Nylander. Now, whether I, they I, get it or not. One, one more, sorry. I was just going to say, Mike, one more thing that probably just dis- was distressing it was either the second or third goal for Pierre-Luc Dubois. He outskated the entire Leafs team, including Morgan Riley. He skated around everybody. Yeah, that was and, a game. Yeah. And, and that was not That's a problem for him. He had more desire than any of the Leafs players on the ice. Yeah, no. We, I, have, to, we have to move on, but that, I think you know, we're yeah. going to talk more about the Leafs. And we won't do the official, you know, like, uh, you know, postseason yeah. thing yet because there is another game today. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll dress as Jack Clough. Klugman and Quincy. For- Listen, I still think the Leafs can win their next game because I think they're going to dig deep. I don't just don't think they'll win the series, but they might win the next game. So there is an irony today that the Montreal Canadiens could move on when the, while the Leafs get eliminated today. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, the Islanders without John Tavares could move on while the Leafs get eliminated today. Um, and that that's no that's not a lot of fun either. But um, we'll get we'll get to the Islanders and, and then later. But let's talk about the Canucks in the Wild game for a second because that game. I mean, what is what happened to the Wild after two, first two games? The first game and and their game against Colorado in the beginning, of, you know, they looked awesome, and now suddenly they're zero for seven on the power play, and they. Can't. I just think the Canucks got better, and, and zero for seven on the power play. I mean, yeah. that kind of spells yeah. out the power play is a big deal, and I do think the Canucks got better. You got to remember, they have young players. I, I wrote about Quinn Hughes yesterday because yeah. right now he's tied with Olimato of all people for the most points by a defenseman in the playoffs. Not a yeah. rookie defenseman, all defenseman. And that's why I've been saying yeah. all year, he's a top yeah. 10 defenseman. Forget about, you know, the Calder anymore. He's uh, doing things I in agree. these playoffs that other defensemen can't do, skating-wise, passing-wise. And that is a big force that is just getting better as the series goes on. So I think that's a factor. And Markstrom's playing great. Kevin, what are, I, your, I, thoughts? I, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this series? Well, um, I, I agree that the Quinn Hughes factor has been yeah. enormous. In judging rookie of the year, 
I really factored in that, you know, obviously the goaltending was terrific in Vancouver this season, and right. we do like their younger players. But the biggest difference in the Canucks this is, season was Quinn Hughes. Like, he changed everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. With that team. And, he, you know, he's continuing to do it in the postseason. He's such a take-charge defenseman. And, um, you know, it's one thing to be a highly skilled defenseman, but if you don't have confidence – yeah, <clears throat> you know, sometimes it, it becomes, um, you know, your 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 talent doesn't serve the team as well. Quinn Hughes has both confidence and, you know, talent. Yeah. Like he's, you know, like he just never entertains the possibility that he's going to make mistakes, and he makes them. But he, you know, he just he keeps going anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I I think that's been a big difference, and uh, obviously the power play has been a, a, a big factor, um, and you know. I, I think the Canucks now have a taste of it, and now they all of a sudden they believe in themselves even more. I, I see. I, I looked at this series as sort of the mirror image of the of the Leafs and the Blue Jackets in the West because you had the you had the you know the defensive minded right. wild against the offensively gifted Canucks, and it took a little while for the that narrative to play out, but it has in the last two games. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Alex Stalock, I didn't think was very good yesterday. He, he only he made uh, yeah. only twenty six saves. Uh, if they if if they don't go to Dubnik now for Game Four, then you know something's wrong. Injury. Right. With they Dubnik. should make the change. They should make yeah. the change. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, Act, but yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is going to Jari in Game Four, yeah. and this is and now with, with after Corpusalo gave up three goals in in the game last night against the Leafs. Tortorella went to Elvis. Now I'd be surprised if Elvis isn't the goalie for the rest of the series for the Blue Jackets. So, you know, I mean, I think that, that the Wild aren't out of this if they go to Dubnik and they get a good performance. But really the cream is rising to the top in terms of an offensive team who is scoring when they need to score and playing better defensively than I think a lot of people thought that they could. Yeah, I wouldn't throw dirt on the Wild just yet. No. I saw a lot out of Parisi still. I just think yeah. and Fiala got pounded in that game, so maybe he comes back harder next game. There's yeah. still something there. Yeah, I think I think it's, so. a, it's amazing how physical these playoffs have been with the that game, that series especially. Yeah, the wow. Edmonton uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Chicago Blackhawks is the only series where they're just playing shinny out there. Right, right. you know. But yeah. uh, the rest of the series are all you know, especially even the the the, uh, uh, the division seeding games. Like they've been more competitive than I. You know, thought I still they're turning into more competitive. I think yeah, for the I, most I, part, as a I whole, I still can't get excited about them, right? Yeah. But uh, but they really are physical. Like um, some of the teams, like Philadelphia, really cares. Um, yes, Philly. Yep. AV's got them playing the best they could play, no question about it. Yeah, yeah. and Kevin, Kevin Hayes has been phenomenal in both games, in my opinion. Yeah. Kevin Hayes is tremendous in both games. But because yeah. the chat room wants me to say it. There was a point in that game where I felt like when the Capitals were down 3 nothing, then all of a sudden they did come out of their funk a little bit. Like, all right, now we're getting embarrassed out here. But the two big mistakes for them, you cannot put Kovalchuk with Ovechkin. It's yes. horrible. It's Thank you. Kovalchuk was playing like he was a linebacker out there, and Ovechkin didn't know what to do. Like he's like trying to be nice to Kovalchuk, and that line just doesn't work. I thought Holpe was fine. I think the coach stinks. I really don't – I think Reardon's got a problem getting these guys to focus. Yes, they play really physical. Yes, the hit on Provorov was dirty from Wilson, and the league didn't do anything. But I still don't think you saw a, a Capitals team that really was playing for a lot. And yeah. without Eller, without Carlson, I still think, you know, they weren't playing their best. I'm I, with you, 
the one takeaway I had actually I actually thought Holpe had a pretty good game. I actually thought that game could he have did. been five, six, nothing at one point in yes. time if it wasn't for him. So if there's one positive to take away is that Holpe played well. And granted, they miss Carlson tremendously on that blue line. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the, 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 I'm sorry. The thing about the round robin games early on, I, I think that you, especially when you saw well, the way the Bruins approached it. They weren't invested in these games. Now, you know, in the last couple games, I think when these teams see, okay, we can get the number one seed if we just play one big game. And with a lot of upsets out there, it's make, it, might, it might be good to get that. Yeah, the gold, I mean, the Golden Knights definitely, you know, definitely put in a really good effort against the Blues. That was a tight game going into the third period. And, they, and then they, the, 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 uh, excuse me, the Knights got the, got the lead and, and won it six to four. Yeah. I mean, that, relegates St. Louis to either probably three or four in terms of seeding. And now, now Vegas has a chance to be the number one seed. That's going to be beneficial for them uh, in the St. Louis care. I don't think they do. I don't think, I think St. Louis is the same as Boston. I think they think they can beat anybody. So what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, um, Perhaps. All right. I want to add one. I want to add one note from the capitals. That's totally unrelated to the competition Mm -hmm. and Russ file away and use in for future reference. Uh, I'm sure everyone has seen the video of Ovechkin's kid. He he has a better backhand at age three than <laughs> of the people in the NHL today. <laughs> have you seen this kid? I, I, yeah, I'm going to file that away. I haven't seen it. He, he is he is just ripping backhanders into the net. Um, you know, front, and he's like two or three years old. Well, we got to remember Ovechkin's mother was an Olympic gold medal. Oh, I she know, won a gold I, medal, right, for basketball. So, so I think he's a. I think I think I've been he's Watch video of Sidney Crosby using his backhand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I was totally enthralled with that video. Yeah. So he's the top-rated prospect in the 2035 draft. Right? 2035 draft. There you go. Let's go for it. Uh, Flames and Jets. You got to kind of feel bad for the Jets, okay? Like, I mean, this, this really I I just really fell apart instantaneously in game one for them. Um, the Flames, it feels like the Flames have been here before. Where they've gotten lucky in a round of play. I'm trying to in the in the first round of the playoffs. This isn't the first round of the playoffs, but I remember the Flames getting by somebody else who was really just beaten up to hell, and then they got smoked in the next round. I, gosh, I, I'm trying to remember when that is. I, I bet you, um, Rand, Randy in our chat room will remember. I think that was the, the year that they lost to Anaheim when the when uh, I think Elliot was still in in Calgary and they lost to Anaheim in the uh, in, it was the, in the second round. But I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Randy will have it for us in a second because this is this is the Flames have had this happen before where they they get a, a break and get through a series because the other team just completely you know implodes. Um, so the Flames are going to be interesting in the next round because I mean Cam Talbot was good in this series. Yeah, he was better Talbot than we really good in this series. And and we talked about Monahan having to have a better series, and he sure as heck stepped up. And Goudreau was great. Point. Actually, Goudreau made a defensive play in that game that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Flames are getting confident, you know, and yeah. they were good. They were. It was 2014, Randy. It was said. actually the Jets that went up in flames, um, ironically. Yeah, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. Mute Russ for a while. That's a really bad one. But I don't think there's much else. I'm not going to spend much more time on this game because we have so many other things to get to. Um, but that's where we are. So today we've got six elimination games, and we should talk about them really, really uh, as we go through this. Um, the Predators and Coyotes. I mean, those will still go in order. Florida, Florida, and the Islanders at noon. Um, so like 26 minutes from now, um, did the Islanders, you know, have the island, you know, were the Islanders just off in a game, or have, do you think the Panthers may have actually gotten a little bit of momentum here? I think they were a little off. I think like we talked about the Varlamov penalty for the trapezoid was bad. I do think the addition of Andy Green was good. I, I don't expect Florida to win. 
I, I, unless Bobrovsky stands on his head, and I thought he was better last game, yeah. a lot better last game. I still think the Islanders are too good. They're gonna they're gonna play that defensive style. Figure another two one type game is what we're gonna look at. Uh, the, Pan- the Panthers only have three uh, even strength goals in this series. Yeah, you know, you <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. I know. You, you can't win when you 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 know you can't score even strength goals. Yeah, and 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 when we looked at the Panthers going into the playoffs, we you know we noticed you know the t- the top end of their of their lineup at forward is you know fantastic with Huberto and Barkov. But looking at the depth at Ford, it's not a coincidence that that Joel Quenville had to use guys like Mark Pizik and Mike Matheson on the wing this year because he didn't have enough forwards. What's crazy about that, Mike, is like they were the sixth highest scoring team in the NHL. And nobody really even knows that because the team is so disjoint and it doesn't feel – like a contending team, and yeah. their depth isn't very good. True, like, so they were really good from January on too. They were one of the best teams. It's interesting. I mean, they they really. I mean, the Flames. It was still hard to go with them in this series. I mean, I, I went with the Jets, and he's just the Jets had so much depth and everything like that. But obviously, yeah, but, but the but the problem but the problem with that series, Zach, is that the the, the that advantage evaporated yeah. once once Shifley's uh, Achilles was crushed. No, exactly. And, and that's what I think killed them game one mentally. I think they, to a certain extent, checked out based upon the style in which that injury occurred. Yes. I think that had a material impact in terms of yeah. losing that game. Now, from there, we'll go, to, we'll go to Arizona and Nashville at 2.30, which um, Arizona, with a, chance to, with a chance to put the series away. This The, the big question, Kevin, in this one, and you might know better than anyone because you're tight with a lot of Predators, people I know, are they going to go to Pecorine? Um, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but I, I would, if I had to guess, wouldn't you guess yes? Yes, I would guess yes. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too. I would I, think, yeah, I mean, Peck, this is probably, you know, his last hurrah for the Predators. He's been there forever. I said yesterday I thought they should because he's basically an assistant captain or captain on this team, even though he doesn't wear it. He's, he is, even when he's not playing, right? He is, he is the, he is the spiritual leader on this team. Here's the thing, I, I and I'll ask everyone this question because maybe it's just a misread on my part, but, you know, everybody you talk to in hockey, you know, they say things like, you know, if the, if the Nashville Predators can just find themselves, yeah. they can run. They yeah. can make a run. But I've been watching that team, you know, all season, mm-hmm. and I've watched them against Arizona, and even if they came back and won this season or this series, does it feel to you like they're a team good enough to make a run? Like no, I, no. I'm, I'm not seeing it. I, you no. know, I don't, uh, like their their offense uh, just isn't there. Their defense to me is just you know it's three really good defensemen, and then there's a pretty significant drop off. Huge drop off. Um, yeah, I just don't see that uh, they're as formidable as they were when you know they reached the final, and especially with the inconsistency. Yeah. Of their, uh, you know, their top players. Oh my gosh, they are they they have they have players who go cold so fast and tend to go cold all at the same time, you know. And that's what that's what you know. Like, and we saw a little pulse out of Duchesne and Johansson, and and, and then it went away. It's like I, I, I just don't get this team. I really mean those three. You know, those three, and, and it, it even rubs off on Forsberg, who tends to be streakier now than it used to yeah. be. You know, like, I think he was see Forsberg trying to win it himself again. I think he's going to try and do that again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you know, yeah, you sit there and roaming. He needs to be more selfish, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, well, if Arizona wins this, 
the, the, if Arizona wins, is you know, I think you'll see changes in Nashville. I think I think you're going to see changes in Nashville anyway. They have to make changes, but I hope I really do hope that they go with Pekka Rene today, just because I think the guy deserves a shot to like be this to be the savior. Like he's well, the, been the, long enough that he deserves this chance. The the question is whether this is will be the the swan song for Rene because he's got another year left in his contract, but I yeah. think he may read the the landscape and see that. Either they want to go with Saros or with the goaltending the market the way the way it is this during this offseason, maybe David Poyle decides, okay, I've got to get myself yeah. a new number one if if I don't think Saros can handle it. Awesome. And, and we know that Matt Murray or 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 Jari will be out there. We know that uh, that Holtby. I think Holtby would be a good fit for this team. Be a really yeah. interesting fit for this team. Yeah, but Nashville doesn't have the assets to trade. Oh, oh, no, I mean, UFA wise, do they have the money to do that? To yeah, even up? if they had the money, they don't have the assets anymore. Their system's not as deep as it yeah. used to be. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that, um, yeah, I, I really hope they give him a chance. I do. Um, but uh, can, can we can we uh, delve into because last time. Yeah. Kevin was on there. I said we were going to ask him about the situation in Arizona. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure Arizona will be extremely pleased if they win this series and advance to the to the first round of the playoffs. But everything there, there's sort of a a pall that's been over that organization over the last week or so after the 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 divorce with John Chica. Um, I, I mean, Kev, it's just, it was just a weird situation. And like we were talking about the, uh, this on the show when it, when it was announced, I find it hard to believe that the, the, the draft uh, testing situation in a way didn't have something to do with this because I know that they said it was him talking to the devils or the Josh Harris group, but I have a feel I have a feeling that that, that, that uh, penalty that they may be getting could have something to do with it as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people have suggested that. I I have not heard. I have not. Uh, yeah. I don't even know how, now how to find John Chaika. I really would like to talk to him, yeah. but I, I would <laughs> guess he wouldn't uh, talk about it now because I'm sure he is uh, trying to get with another uh, team. And um, you know, uh, you know, there's some interesting aspects of this that um, have sort of kind of come out. Number number one is that the job that he supposedly is interested in it involves multiple teams. And what's interesting about that to me is I had talked to him earlier in the year for a story, earlier in the season. And uh, he, he was uh, <coughs> early during the COVID-19, and he was talking about he had been talking to a lot of his friends in other leagues. Now, I don't know how many NHL general managers – talk to GMs from baseball and basketball, but I guess it's not many. Right. Uh, and I, I was kind of struck by the fact that he, he really did seem to have a connection to, you know, other sports and other GMs. And um, I kind of wondered about that. And, um, you know, maybe he aspires to, um, you know, to be, you know, bigger than our little sport that, you know, his analytics would certainly work in other sports as well. Um, and he's got, he's, you know, he's a mover and a shaker he and his wife own 16 Wendy's. Uh, yep. He owns another company as well. He's got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and the other interesting aspect of this that's really been underplayed, I think, is, is that Chai could talk the guy into buying the team. Like yeah. that, that's the word on the street. Yes. Like he, he explained to him why this was such a good thing for him, and the guy really liked him. But you could see cracks right away. Like he wasn't in the Taylor Hall meeting. 
right. you know, when they had, when they went out to dinner. Um, so, um, and I've been told by a pretty good source that the reason Chaika did it the way he did was um, because that was the advice of the legal community. So for whatever okay. reason, the legal community said, this is what you need to do. Well, Kev, do you think that the impending doom or whatever penalty the league is going to levy on the Coyotes played into this? Do you think that ownership maybe soured on Chaika a little because after they found out, because they clearly didn't know what was going on with the testing of the players, and there's still something that's going to occur with that that hasn't yet. No, but, you know, like how big could the penalty have been? Like what? You well, know? Financially, it could be huge if they actually went to the letter of the law. It right. would be, what, three million bucks, Mike? No, like five. It was like 20, 20 instances at least of two, and the fine was 250000 per instance. How so, many? I mean, the show. I, I mean, do you really believe they're going to find them five? No, no. It'll be a collective number based upon the number of incidents, and they'll give them one blanket figure. And and is is this is this divorce basically? Is this the the way that the Coyotes go to the league and say, okay, we've we've divorced. He's not part of the organization anymore. So give us a break on the fine. Yeah, yeah, what about the draft pick implication? I think mm -hmm. that the rest of the league is going to want to see some kind of impact to them in terms of picks. Right. And, and yeah, the other thing, the other, and then we'll get off this. The other thing that was interesting was, uh, you know, that uh, Chaika was in in terms of wooing this owner uh, in into buying the team. And then the owner's son is extremely involved to the point of being involved in hockey operations. And there is some thought that that involvement – that Chaika saw that and saw the potential limiting of his abilities to do what he wanted to do with the team, and that's why he started looking outside the organization. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that's been out there, and it'll be it'll be interesting to find out in the end if we ever do find out, you know, what the whole reason was for this. Yeah, Renault Lavoie just just had some breaking news. Leo Komarov has drawn in, so Tom Kunakal is out. Okay. Okay. So that, that, that Trotz wants to grind out this game. So in the in, in what might be the four best like the best quadruple header the NHL has ever had, they go from the Predators, the Coyotes, to the Penguins and Canadians at four o'clock. Um, and this Sidney Crosby's birthday <laughs> today. Four o'clock on a Friday, man. That's going to be four o'clock on a Friday. Um, you know, maybe this will maybe this will stop the shore traffic for a while. No, um, nothing stops that. Nothing stops the shore traffic. But um, this is uh yeah four o'clock Penguins. I mean, that's just going to be – that game is going to be insane. Tristan Jerry playing, as we talked about. Um, I think it's the right move. Everybody, Jeff, Ray, kind of agree with that one? Yep. Yeah, I think it's the right move. I, but I have to say, again, this was tied to what you posted as part yeah. of your blog today. There is a sizable portion I know. of the Habs – of Habs Nation. But it's what Kevin wrote about today. Yes, a sizable portion that are praying that this team loses – because they don't, they and I said this before too, they don't think this team is good enough to advance in the playoffs. And all they're doing by winning and beating Pittsburgh, this is the worst case scenario for them, is they take themselves out of the Lafreniere sweepstakes. Yeah. This is how I would characterize that. Yeah. Anybody under 35 wants to go for Lafreniere, and anyone over 35 wants to win the darn series. And yeah, I think that's true. I think so we're looking right. at Lafreniere maybe having a shot of playing with either Crosby or Malkin, with McDavid or Dreisaitl. Or with, with Matthew, Matthew DeMarco. 
with Panner with Panarin or is it Benajad? Well, this is my article it's, today. It's a rough life being him right now. My article today was this. Okay, so the teams that the so, so let's assume all the teams are up a two-one win their series, right? Um, <laughs> let's just say that that happens. Okay. Um, of the eight teams who win, um, the eight teams who are out, you know, you've got like you're saying. You've got the superstars there already. Of the 18 that would be out: Crosby, Malkin, McDavid, Drysaddle, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Line, Shifley, and Panarin. All and gone. Still, there's superstars with Edmonton and Chicago, depending and, on who. And Bar- Barkoff and Huberto. Yeah, and talk- so my the way I'm defining this is guys who um, aren't going to be able, who aren't at the potential that Lafreniere shows. Right, the, the people. So, they, like, I think all those guys are basically at Lafreniere's level. Barkov maybe isn't, you know, like I, I'm just saying, I don't know. He's like, close. Yeah. He's no, he's, I think, I think you're, I think he is. All right. So maybe he is. So then the eight teams who wouldn't, who by winning won't get a shot at Lafreniere. Yeah. I, I found two players, I think that are, that are at, that are at that level as opposed to 10 who, who will, you know, I, I think Patrick Kane is at that level. Well, yeah, no um, question. No question. And Elias Pettersson is at that level. Yeah. I think he, I think he, he is already. There's Johnny Gaudreau. I, I don't know. No. Well, we don't know. We're, we're talking I mean, about and Taylor Hall's not going to be with Arizona. He Are you talking play. about like in the middle of his career or next year? I'm talking yeah. about like your the guys that are like this is a number one pick overall. You know, like this yeah, is like but forget where he's going to forget the number. Yeah, but he's I, I do think he'd be right? better than Goudreau. Yes. So here's Goudreau. the thing. I mean, like, so of the teams that you know, if that if that also happens, here's the crazy thing: the winning percentage of the teams <laughs> um, that you know, that that won't get that will get a shot at at Lafreniere. Is five eighty eight the winning percentage of the teams that won't get a shot is five thirty, <laughs> so that's what we're looking at right now. Well, yeah, I mean, this is um, like things got better for him by yeah. having the fact that there was a placeholder and it went to a second lottery. That improved things for him because now the chances are he's going to a much better team than he would have before. Yeah, so I mean, so how do you approach this? I think Kevin's right. I think the older people will definitely, definitely not, and I think the Montreal Canadiens. So if you're the Montreal Canadiens. You know your management there. You're the general manager, Kevin. What do you you want them to win, right? I mean, that's that's yeah, what yeah. You, you do, uh, lead, you know, because that's what sports is still all about, exactly. And you I, know, but but you know, I've come around and I've written about this. Like it yeah. is now, there are two levels of rooting for sports teams now, especially yeah. in the NHL, where teams like Toronto and Buffalo um, sort of made it okay. Because and if you think about it, it does make sense. Because even when your team goes bad, then it still allows you to have some entertainment and some fun. Right. Because now, now you're thinking about what we're going to get by being bad, and that's yeah. your level of rooting. So I think the team that that invented that and then did it twice, honestly, is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I well, think they, they did. They did, yeah, they did, but it wasn't acceptable back then. Yeah. But yeah. the landscape has changed, and now it is acceptable. I mean, you know, you have, to, you have to say that the Ed, the Edmonton Oilers perfected it, but they did it on, and I'm just being by accident and by pure incompetence because they, they got, got well. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, penguins, the second Penguins, the, the the thing that got landed Crosby and Malcolm, that was pretty incompetent. Um, that Penguins, those Penguin teams. Um, the um, so so here's the thing, you know. Uh, no, some of that was f- pure tanking. It wasn't all. Yes, yeah, some of it was. I mean, but to me, the to me, what is they just, learned how to tank when they got Lemieux. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, when you when you're putting when you're putting you're taking out Frank Peterangelo, who I think was their goalie, and putting in ex Leaf Vincent Tremblay, who couldn't <laughs> stop a beach ball if his life depended on it, and that that was the reason that yeah. they put him in there so they could finish dead last. 
ahead of New Jersey and get Lemieux. I mean, right, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that was that was the history of it. That's a very, 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 very historical, obviously. But but Montreal, you know, one thing you have to say, and I said this yesterday, talking to somebody who's in the in the bubble, they say this is the greatest team building thing that any company has ever done. I mean, and if Montreal, the closest to Montreal, and I said this yesterday, we had our Montreal writer green on here yesterday. And I said to her, I'm like, the thing that this has, the, the best thing for Montreal is that for them to lose in game five, three overtimes, you know, like just to go as far as they possibly to get like, yeah. I mean, ultimately that's the best thing that could happen for but, the organization. Well, that's yeah. the best thing maybe because you also can't, I mean, we don't know how good he's going to be. Like we see, advancing not, and losing in the next round is right. not the best thing that could happen for their organization. Do we see them, we see them advancing far enough, advancing far enough to make a difference? Right? Is it? Right. Is, are you looking at a one and done where you've cost yourself a shot at a guy who's a generational talent? Correct. Granted, a one and eight shot, but do you really have? I'm granted. Look, it's obviously a fifty-fifty, but do you really have a fifty-fifty shot in the next round if you're playing the number one seed in the division? I mean, they're, play, in my they're opinion, playing Tampa. You really think they're going to beat Tampa? No, but they're playing right the, the Penguins. If, in my opinion, the the four teams that are in there, and the Penguins are basically on on the same level. The four, the four, the four, the four teams who got the buys, and the Penguins, in my opinion, are on the same level more so than even Edmonton is on the same level in the other conference, right? So I think that you actually have five teams in the East who are really. I mean, so them beating the Penguins—that's like beating one of those teams that got that get that's getting a buy. In my mind, it's it's. I think they're close enough. I think the Penguins, I mean, the Penguins were what, one point behind the Flyers? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so then after that game, here's <laughs> we find out what happens in that one. Um, then we get to go to the, to the, you know, it just, just the, the kids keep coming. You know, the, we have Edmonton and Chicago, which is just going to be freaking crazy. I mean, and that, who's in net for that one? Who's in net for that one? I mean, I, back, I bet he goes back to Smith, right? I don't think Koskinen no. cost him the game the other night. He wasn't, I he wasn't good. Out of a game. No, but he wasn't good either. That's the problem. Uh, Two of the exactly. goals came off fluky deflections. Okay, that he did you no walk away from that game saying Miko Koskinen played well? No. Yeah, did it, you take it, away it, that Mike Smith has played well so far? No. He's it's, 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 it's the difference. <laughs> I mean, who do you play in goal for Edmonton? I want to hear your opinion on it. Let Mike talk. It's the difference between death by strangulation and death by firing squad. It's the same thing, Act. They're both flawed goaltenders. Uh, if it was me, I would go with Smith because at least he's a good puck handler behind the net. But coming off that game one where he, you know, the Chicago buried him early in the game, they may stick with Koskinen, and Koskinen is under contract for a few more years, whereas yeah. Smith is a one-year guy. But you have to admit, if Edmonton – Ben Hitchcock. Yeah, if Edmonton plays defensively, like they did in game three, it doesn't matter if you have Terry Sawchuck in there, they're going to lose because they have to play better defensively. They, they really didn't play well uh, in defense of their goaltender. And and we saw from that game, where did they get their offensive production? From Dreisaitl, from McDavid, and from nobody else. And yeah. that's been their problem for most of the year. They have some good other players. Yamamoto is good. Nugent Hopkins is good. Athenasiu is supposed to be good, but although I haven't really noticed them, but – they have to have more than just those two guys, and they haven't proved that they can consistently get effort from anybody other than those two. True. Um, Kevin, what goal did you go with? I'd, I'd stay with Koskinen. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it really matters, but you – know, you, <laughs> That's not a great answer either. No, it, it's it, true. It doesn't, but, you know, when you start <laughs> uh, switching goalies back and forth, right? that's disruptive of the that's team. That's fair. That's a good point. You know, so you, I, I'd just stick with him because – uh, neither one of them, as I, in my mind, is going to win the game for you. Um, to me, here's the bigger yeah, here's point. the bigger point. 
Chicago has to win today. You do not want to put yes. Crawford in back to back. You can't. I don't know what he. He's got to he be exhausted already. I totally agree with that. This is a this yeah. is for you Chicago. This is game four seven. Yeah, they've got to win this one. That, that, that's the craziest, craziest series, though. I it is a crazy watch that, and it's not like any hockey that we're watching anywhere right. else. Exactly, just, it really is just you know, it's like they're out on the lake. Um, it's yeah. shitty. It's yeah. shitty. Yeah, it really yeah. It's, it's totally bizarre, and it's almost like you know, first first team to six wins. You know, I, you know, I wish I wish the playoffs could all for all over could be like that because then Toronto might have a chance to win. But when you, when it, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to playing a responsible two way game, neither one of these teams are doing it. And they'll probably feel the ramifications of that when they come up against one of those top four teams in the next round. I mean, if they, if Edmonton or Chicago come up against Dallas or St. Louis, they'll get suffocated by those teams. Yeah, they will. Um, and so I've already given you the Islanders, Panthers, Predators, Coyotes, Penguins, Canadians, I know there's Blackhawks. Now, how much would you pay? But wait, there's more. Now, after that one, we get the Maple Leafs and Blue Jackets rematch from last night, which is an insane thing to have that less than 24 hours later. Well, here's the debate that I heard on Toronto radio this morning. Is it better for the Leafs to be yeah. playing the game 24 hours after a major epic fail? Or is or would it be better for them to have had the day off? And the 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 opinion is that it's pro it could be better to have it right away, simply because yep. you know they don't have to talk to the media three times right. and asking them what why, what went wrong and why and what what can you do to change it. Um, they're a little isolated in the bubble, so maybe they you know they can tune some of that stuff out. You know the ramifications of what happened yesterday. I don't know. All I know is that Freddie Anderson. Uh, has not played traditionally well in in back to back and playing both games in back to back and they their record in back to backs this year although this is different this is playoff is they lost ten of thirteen games in the second of back. -to -back. But they, did they play Anderson in any of those? Uh, it's a couple two. Two right. I mean they usually went to their backup. So that that was the only, I mean in their right. Back and they're not going to Jack Campbell. Their backup is epically not at Anderson's level. Big, big question for you, Mike. Is Mitch Marner under pressure? He's not done well. Yeah. Yes, they're all under pressure. And, and no, but I mean, is he like a focus? Like Austin Matthews yeah. seems to take all the focus of the media, good or bad. He seems to be the lightning rod. Yeah, it seems like Marner is like under the radar, and he's not playing well. I I, I don't think like I mean, based on the way Matthews has played in this series, I I don't think he's been the focus. I think the only thing that put the focus on him was his immature response after Game One, going after Steve Simmons. He he's been the he's been a, you know consistently the best Leaf player on the ice. So that's the but Marner has been you know fairly middling. He hasn't really perform that great he's been out there a lot he i think he's yep. responsible but offensively he you know that's that's the thing he yeah, deferred 28 minutes last game. all right so we're gonna we have to move on we have to move on quickly because we have one more game and we have two more sorry, minutes sorry about that. um no it's fine and while while i talk about this game i want all of, all of the panel here to tell me how many of these games how many of these series are going to end today that's what i want to know i want your opinion on how many of these six series are going to end today um canucks in the wild is the last one again? I think this is good for the Wild to be playing twenty four hours later. Like I think, I like I think it's good for the Maple Leafs. I honestly do. I mean, no one wants to sit around and think about think about you know. It just gives you too much time to think. Um, and uh, you know, the Wild is a little bit maybe a little bit more physical and physical serious. This is a crazy physical series. And uh, you know, I don't know. I think that this is 
this one we already kind of talked about because we already talked about this series. So let's go to um, let's go to Mike. Mike, how many, and which one of these series is going to go to a game five? Uh, okay, I don't. I think the Islanders will finish it off. I think the yeah. Coyotes will finish it off. Uh, I think that Pittsburgh and Montreal will go five. Right. Um, I think I say, I also think Edmonton and Chicago will go five and I picked the blue jackets in five. So I have to say the Leafs will force a game five. So three of six, three of six. All right. Um, Jan. So I think the Islanders finish it off today. I think the coyotes finish it off today. And I think the Canucks finish it off today. Okay. So three of three of six as well. Uh, Russ. One of six. The Islanders will finish it off today. That's the only ones. We got five. All right, Kevin. Yeah, I got three as well. Um, I think Vancouver, um, Arizona, and uh, and the Islanders. Okay, I'm I'm um, with Jan pretty much. I'm I'm gonna but I'm gonna say two. I'm not gonna say one. I'm gonna say two. I think the Canucks and the Wild will go to five, and I think the Islanders and Panthers will. Go. No, I think no, I think the Islanders and Panthers will end, and I think the Canucks and the Wild will end today. Those are the two that I think will end. I think the other, the middle ones, will all get a game five out of which we, which I, which we kind of want. You know, like we have to get game five. Kev, Kev, before we end the show, I wanted to ask your opinion because the the phase two of the draft lottery will be Monday, and we've talked about the teams that may get eliminated, may not not get eliminated. In retrospect, do you think the NHL regrets having two stages and? Maybe they should have just waited until after the play-in round to have the lottery. Yeah, I bet they do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just because they know what's going to happen if uh, you know the, mm-hmm. if you draw out the Penguins. Um, <laughs> I think the Rangers have caused outrage too, um, Kev. At this point, yeah. I do. Yeah, no, that that that's right. See, I, I think the I think the one that will piss everybody off the most will be Edmonton. I think if Edmonton gets it, and, and with with Dreis, with with the four pick, four number one picks in six years, yeah, I, I think that's the the biggest one. I, I think right now they're rooting for Florida if they lose to get the number right. one pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that would be good. That would be. Good. I, I, see, I'm not going to help their attendance. It's no. not. I think the least offensive to everybody would be if Winnipeg got it simply because Winnipeg's pick was the one that ended up being the you know the 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 lottery pick. It was the, the their number that if they yep. if they would have kept the pick or if they, if they had a normal system, it would have been Winnipeg. So if Winnipeg won the lottery, I think that would be the least offensive to anybody. But yeah. the most offensive yeah. would be Edmonton, Pittsburgh, and then Toronto, of course. How about um how about the Predators? You know what that would do for the Predators? That would be an interesting thing because they've never. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, they had the number one pick the first year they were. It in the would league. help them, but you'd yeah. have to actually make sure that you let them play offense to be <laughs> Lafreniere, because if you don't, yeah. he's going to be like everybody, every other offensive player yeah. that's ever gone there. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Thanks, everybody else, for watching. Remember, go to Patreon.com/slash/hockey and support the show. We'd really, very much appreciate that. Um, and my gosh, when we next talk to you guys, it'll be Monday. We'll know what we'll know what the playoff matchups are, and we'll be getting ready for the draft lottery. We're gonna be, there are no games Monday, right? Is that the case? There's no, no games. No games. Take no. Monday off. That's gonna suck because I'm, you know, we're all just so freaking addicted right now. Um, I, think yeah. I think we'll have enough to talk about. Yeah. Be crazy. All right, remember, guys, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. <laughs>